This is a podcast by One Life Christian Church in Baldwin, New York. We pray that the following podcast would encourage you, build you up in the gospel, and lead you closer to Jesus. We remind you that these are simply tools to help you in your walk and ask that you still look for a local church to attend and serve in. Welcome to the living room. For those who weren't here last week, uh, we started a new series titled uh, Things We Say, right? Pastor Isaac kicked off last week um, with the common misconception that we have, which is God won't give us more than we can handle. And if you lived long enough, you know that is a lie. Amen? God surely gives you more than you can't handle. So you can continue to lean and seek and depend on him. Amen? Things We Say, a series that unravels common sayings that sound spiritual, that sound Christian, but are not. They're not biblical. Today we continue the series, and uh, I have the honor and the privilege to tackle on this one, the good old reliable, God knows my heart. Anyone here has said God knows my heart? This is not the time to admit it. God knows my heart. Hey, do, do you go to church by any chance? No, but God knows my heart. Do you, do you happen to pray or have you ever thought about praying? No, but I think God knows my heart. Right? We, we look to find our own redemption by this feel-good saying. And perhaps some of you guys are sitting in this room and you said, well, you know, perhaps I don't give, like Diko was mentioning, but... I do charity work. I volunteer at soup kitchens and all these kind of wonderful things. Church, not to confuse you, a good heart isn't necessarily a godly heart. Amen? God knows your heart. Turn to your neighbor and let him know God knows your heart. Some of you guys are laughing. I don't know why. You guys know something we don't. God knows your heart. Right there where you are. If we could just close our eyes and we're going to just submit this message again to the Lord. Father, we thank you for this morning. Lord, thank you for everyone that has said yes and amen to going through those doors. Thank you, Lord, for the time of worship, for allowing your presence to fill this room up. Lord, we invite you in this time that we study your word and we listen to what you have prepared for us this morning. Lord, use me as a herald of the good news, Lord, a messenger to bring the gospel to those who need it most, which we know is everyone, Lord. Lord, he who has an ear, let him hear. And we just pray that your word, Lord, your scriptures may be able to be sowed, Lord, into good soil, that it may give fruit and fruit in abundance. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you're taking notes this morning, the word heart is found about 856 times in the Bible, give or take the translation. See, at times the Bible will refer to the heart as we commonly use to describe emotions or that place of feelings. And other times the Bible will use the word heart 
to refer to the mind and how we think and the places of our morals and what we hold as principles to the way we live. If you're with me today, could you turn to 1 Samuel chapter 16 and say amen when you're there. We're in 1 Samuel chapter 16. So we show up here and we see that, that something has happened in Israel. See, the first king of Israel, Saul, has allowed his pride and his ego to take precedence to the trusting and faith of the Lord. See, his reliance has now become you know, leaned on what he thinks and what he believes and the power that he has as opposed to the God that gave him that position in the first place. So the Lord, being the Lord, did not like that. So he calls on to Samuel, his prophet, and he says, Samuel, I need you to go anoint the next king of Israel. So Samuel goes to Bethlehem to a man named Jesse who had sons, and this is where the Lord had already chosen the next king of Israel. Verse 6. So both Samuel and Jesse show up to the place where God has called them. And Samuel sees one of his sons. And he looked on Eliab and thought, verse 6. When they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees... Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And after the Lord spoke to Samuel, Jesse continued to present his sons before Samuel. And the Lord had yet to instruct Samuel to anoint one of the sons that were presented to him. So Samuel goes and says, Jesse, is there another son that you perhaps have? And Jesse says, why, as a matter of fact, there is. The youngest one, he's out tending the sheep. His name is David. So Samuel says to everyone, no one sit down until David shows up and comes into this house. And as David walks in, the Lord instructs Samuel to anoint David to be the next king of Israel. And the word says that the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. So church, does God know your heart? Of course he does. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the the heart. But what does it mean when we say the Lord knows our heart? It's simple. It means that you can't hide from the Lord. You can't hide who you are. It means that God knows your most genuine heart. Not the heart you present to the person next to you. Not the heart that you present to pastor. Not the heart you present, you know, present to, to, to your boss. No, no, he knows the most genuine version of your heart. So does God know your heart? Amen. Is anyone a little worried that he knows your heart? Just a little bit? I, I would be concerned. I definitely, God spoke to me in this message and I was like, oh. I'm a little worried. See, Matthew 15, 19 says, For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, 
theft, false witness, slander. What would he find in your heart in this moment? What is God seeing that no one else could see? I don't know about you, but for me, I've had many seasons where I wish God did not know my heart. Many seasons where I thought I was slick and no one saw me and no one thought I could be the one to do this and God knew my heart. I thought I was flying under the radar. No such thing. God knows your heart. So if that's you today, perhaps you came in here trying to live a lie or tell yourself God knows my heart. There's good news. And that's because he knows your heart, he's willing to take what's in your heart. See, the same way you walked in is not the same way you have to leave church. Sometimes I've been guilty of it where you show up to church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and you want a transformation, but you've yet to surrender that thing that God is calling you to give up. Perhaps you did it this morning. We were singing, we pour our hearts to you. But in that, you're holding back certain things and you might end up leaving here today the same way you came in. Hopefully not. One of my favorite passages of the Bible is Psalms 51. It's a psalm of repentance, of supplication for God's forgiveness. And unfortunately, it's one of my favorite psalms, not for a good reason, because I too have needed to cry this out. Verse 10 says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. To catch yourself reading the scripture and then really being in this place where you're saying, God, I, I just can't anymore. I just, I just, I have to surrender it. And he goes on to say in Psalms 51 verse 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. So God knows your heart, church. And he's willing to take what's in there today that does not belong. But it's up to you this morning to say, God, create in me a clean heart. Renew my spirit. Lord, I know you will not despise this broken heart that I surrender to you. Lord, I surrender my will and, and I give it to you. So much easier said than done, right? Because we stop ourselves from allowing God into our hearts. Something that came up, and pretty much what I'm talking about in this moment, is called repentance. Something that came up on Impact Wednesday this week was the question of, how do I know that there is true repentance? Or could I still change and consider that repentance if I didn't bring it to God? So I tell you this morning, church, if you don't acknowledge the sin in the midst of changing your ways, your actions, your verbiage, your speech, then you haven't repented. You've just changed your lifestyle. How many of us are just changing our lifestyle and forgetting to bring 
that thing to God. See, because the first step is acknowledging your sin when it comes to repentance. This, God, is what I need to remove. This is what my struggle is. This is what I keep falling into. So there it is, step one, acknowledge it. It's right here. Step two, turn away from it. But you see, you can't just do that, church. You can't just know that you're sinning and turn away from it. You have to bring it to someone. Where are you going to? Because many times we have one sin and we stop sinning there, but then we begin to do another sin, another habit, another addiction, another thing to fill in our void that we're missing. So, Lord, I repent of this sin and I turn to you, Jesus, and I surrender it to you. That's what repentance looks like. If you ever catch yourself doing the opposite or catch yourself just changing without inviting God into the conversation, my friend, you have not repented. You've just changed your lifestyle. See, God knows our heart and is ready to transform it. And since God knows our heart, the question has to be asked, do you? Do you know your heart? Isn't it like us to, to lie to ourselves about what's really there, about what's really affecting us? Isn't that like us to, to not want to open up, to not want to surrender certain things that we like, certain things that we're just used to? Do you know your heart, church? Jeremiah 17, 9, and I'm sure many of you guys have heard this before, says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Not just sick, desperately sick. Who can understand it? Verse 10, the Lord says, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. You may not understand your heart, but the Lord does. You may not see everything there, but the Lord does. Because the heart is deceitful. Don't we lie ourselves and harden our hearts sometimes with unforgiveness, with anger, with greed? Man, do we struggle to keep a clean heart? It's so easy nowadays to let the world affect you. What you see on the news, what you read on a tweet, the negative things your, your coworkers say. How easy it is to let these things in the world affect your heart. And some of us don't care. Some of us are not vigilant. Some of us are not guarding our hearts. So this is your invitation today, church, to leave here protecting that that God has given you. See, because temptation is around the corner. Temptation is around the corner. You're tempted to sin. You're tempted to lie. You're tempted to, to cheat, to steal, all these different things. You're tempted to do all these things in whatever way the enemy will put it in your ear. So if you're not guarding your heart, your heart is open to attack. We get that, right? Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the spring of life. For from your heart flows the spring of life. See, from your heart, one could determine if the source of your actions, of your words, of your life is holy or evil. 
not good or bad. Is it holy or is it sinful? Lord, is my life representing a holy life? So this is why each and every one of us this morning must ask God to search our hearts. Psalms 139 says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. The scripture is inviting us to say, God, here I am. Search my heart. I don't understand it. You do. Because your ways are better than mine. Your ways are everlasting. You see, it's pivotal to understand that when it comes to the heart, it's a matter of eternity in heaven or eternity in hell. That's how serious this is. If this is the last message you hear, you have to understand that from in here, what you surrender to the Lord, what you allow enter could determine where you end up for the rest of eternity. I don't know about you guys, but I need God in my heart. I need his way. I need his will. I need his desires. Because I know mine. And many times I don't understand my own heart. <laughs> Let's be honest. You sit back and think about the things that, that God has pulled you out of. Man, I was so dumb falling for this girl that led me nowhere. Man, I was so dumb looking for a career, a job that, that didn't glorify God. Things that we don't understand why it happens, but the heart is deceitful. And we don't understand its ways. See, your heart will fail you. As we kind of understood this this morning. Your heart's going to lie to you. Your heart, your, your feelings, your emotions, your thoughts are going to try to pull you away from the Lord. But the good thing is that the Lord will not. Psalm 73, 26 says, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Again, everlasting, eternity, forever. So what do we do? I had a conversation with a young adult this week, and we're talking about next steps, next seasons, where he wants to go, what he wants to do, has he thought about it. And I said, well, listen, in all you do, submit to the Lord. In all you do, do not lean on your own understanding, but in always acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And always, no matter what season of life you're in, acknowledge him. And he will make your, straight, your path straight. We work with young adults, Angie and I, and we sit down and we hear people say, well, I don't know what I want to do with my career. I don't, know to, I don't know what I want to do with my life. I don't know if I'm happy where I am. Have you acknowledged him? I don't know what to do with my kids. They never listen. Well, have you acknowledged him? I don't like my boss. Have you acknowledged the Lord? Are you able to see your boss the way God sees your boss? Right? We have to consider these things. Lord, I need to place you before me because I don't understand it, but you do. See, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasures produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. 
You guys heard that before? Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. Have you, have you caught yourself saying things that when you look back, you're like, I can't believe I said that. Man, I'm so petty. Right? Any petty people here? Don't raise your hand. But it's true. Consider what's coming out of your mouth. Some of you guys laughed way too hard at that one. But, but consider what's coming out of your mouth that's in your heart. If you're always criticizing someone, is it because you're bitter inside? If you're always making fun of someone, is it because perhaps you're jealous of them? If you're always talking negative, is it because you've lost faith in the Lord? What comes out of your mouth is what's in your heart. If you're always saying inappropriate jokes, is there lust in your heart? Is there sexual immorality in your heart? Church, we may not understand the heart, but we know what could be coming out of it based on what we say. If you're always angry at everyone, yelling at everyone, is there resentment in your heart? Is there unforgiveness? We must be careful what we leave in the heart. We have people that hoard things in their heart that are not healthy. They just pile on because of tradition, because of culture. Well, my dad was this way, so I'm going to be this way. Well, they did me dirty, so now I'm going to do them dirty. Well, they said this to me, so now I'm going to say this to them. Right? Any of us on the, on the road? Well, they cut me off, now it's my turn. <laughs> and then it's awkward because you guys are both at the red light looking at each other. <laughs> But it's true. Simple things like this show us where our heart is, what we treasure. I love this verse. Psalm 66, 18, verse 20 says, If I had cherished inequity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But truly God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. Did you know that your prayer may be rejected because of the things you cherish in your heart? Some of us were singing this morning, I'm going to pour it all on you, Lord. But not that anger that I have. But not that resentment that I hold towards my family. But not that sin that no one knows I have about that only you, I guess you know, God. We ch- the difference is, Having an issue, and the second one is cherishing it. See, he says, if I cherished inequity in my heart, that means you know it's there. That means you've acknowledged your sin, and instead of turning away from it, you sat in it. You said, I'm, I'm okay with this sin. This sin makes me feel good. This sin brings me pleasure. This sin makes me feel better than others. This sin allows me to, to continue to, to hold this over someone's head. Careful what you hold in your heart. It might stop your prayer from being heard. He says it right there without saying it. He says, if I had cherished inequity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. If, but some of us are 
but truly God has listened, meaning that the psalmist here said, Lord, you know my heart. I don't know my heart, but I surrender it over to you. And because I surrendered over to you, I know that you're hearing my supplications. Because I surrendered this, I know that you're hearing my prayers and my cry for help, Lord. But if you don't surrender it, just a lot of empty words. But blessed be God because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. So as we consider all these truths, right, as we go through scripture, one thing I like to do is use a lot of scripture uh, because there's no way out of it. You can't say Marlon said something wrong because it was in the scripture. And you don't fix what's not broken. The word has been working. It's tried and true, as Akil likes to say. Amen? So as we consider these truths about God knowing our heart and us understanding what our heart might be, we also have to ask the question, do I know God's heart? Too many times we're focused on ourselves that we forget about the Father. And why can't we acknowledge him in all our ways? Because we're so focused on us and what's going to be tomorrow. Have you acknowledged the Father's heart? Have you considered what is God's will? What is God's desire? See, there's many verses, as you guys know this morning, that talk about our heart. But there's not many concerning his heart. We know his will. We know what he desires. But we would think about his heart, right? Matthew eleven twenty nine shows us Jesus' heart. It says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. We're seeing here what Jesus is describing about his heart. Other versions say meek and humble. Jesus is meek and humble of heart, gentle and lowly. And it's crazy to think, right? The savior of the universe, the savior of this earth, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, when speaking about his heart, he could have used something more bold, more triumphant, more grand, more big, more powerful, more encouraging. But he says gentle and lowly. That is God's heart. But it's not just about knowing how his heart is. It's how do we get our heart to be like his? How do we not start thinking about what I want but desiring the Father's will? Can we sit there for a moment? Have you ever sat down and really said, Lord, what's your heart's desire for me? I've been trying to figure it out on my own, and I just can't get it, God. What's your will? Should I be dating that person? Should I be going after that job? Should I be speaking to my spouse that way? Should I be skipping out on church? Should I give? Should I not give? Should I serve? God, what is your desire? And his heart is gentle and lowly. That's the kind of heart you need to pick up a cross that you, he did not deserve to carry, to hang on a cross he did not deserve to die on. 
that's the kind of heart that the Lord has. Is that your heart this morning? Are you gentle to the Holy Spirit? Are you meek and ready to obey God's will and command? Are you prideful? Are you stubborn? Any stubborn people here? No, just me? All right, we got two. Gentle and lowly is the kind of heart that takes on the sin of yours and mine. Living a life that was free of sin, a perfect life with a contrite heart to the Father. And yet Jesus decides with this gentle and lowly heart to die for your sins. The ones you committed yesterday, the ones you might commit tomorrow. God, that's your heart. That's what I want to replicate. If I'm called to be an imitator of Christ, let it be that. That I may replicate what you have shown me in the way that you love others. See, when he's speaking here in Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, he's talking about rest. He's talking about giving others rest and peace, making their yoke light. How many of us don't have a gentle and lonely heart and make things hard for others? Make things hard for ourselves. I know. <laughs> I'm stubborn. Trust me. I've had some fights with the Lord, and I've learned the hard way. You know? I've, I've struggled with addictions. I've struggled with sexual immorality. I've struggled with lying, with, with greed, with jealousy, with bitterness. But by the grace of God, I'm here this morning giving you this word. Because only through him will I be here. Trust me. I don't deserve to be here. But because of that gentle and lowly heart that picked up that cross, I am here today. And guess what? You're here today. Pick up your cross and follow him. You want to know God's heart? Pick up your cross and follow him. Acknowledge him in all of your ways. And don't hold anything back. Remember, you don't have to leave the same way that you came in today. I'd love to pray over us this morning. And if you're someone in this room that perhaps just like me walked into that room in need of a savior, in need of surrendering these things, God can't clean what you don't present dirty to him. I want you to know that this morning. You know the things that you're struggling in your heart. You know the sin that you're, you are cherishing in your heart. Remember, God knows the most genuine heart that you have to offer. There's no lying to God. There's no hiding from God. This is the moment where you say, Lord, I surrender it. Create in me a clean heart and make right a renewed spirit. Thank you for listening to our podcast. One Life Christian Church is located in Baldwin, New York. To find out more about the church, visit us at www.onelifeli.com.